Welcome to Indoor Voices, presented by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. Join us as we explore the great indoors and talk to experts about how to improve our indoor environments. Welcome to Indoor Voices, brought to you by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. Today, we have Gayathri Unakrishnan with us from the International Wealth Building Institute. Um, and she's going to draw a lot out for us today about the, uh, the well standard, um, a good, healthy building standard in our industry today. So to jump in, Gayathri, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the International Well Building Institute? Sure. Um, hi, Brian. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, so my life's goal for as long as I remember has been to make the world better. And this seems like very aspirational. It sounds right for about a four-year-old, um, not for a millennial, and an elderly <laughs> millennial right now. But this goal has taken me through different countries and cultures and continents to where I am now, where I serve as the Vice President of Standard Development at IWBI and also as a concept lead for right for light, which basically means that I run the standard development team and I write the light concept. It's as simple as that. I'm Indian. Um, I uh, grew up in Dubai. I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering in India, my master's in lighting in um, Stockholm, Sweden. And um, I'm currently uh, finishing a certificate in um, a corporate innovation uh, next week. So that's one from the US. Um, so I've had the opportunity to work like in all facets of the real estate industry with manufacturers, uh, with a real estate developer as, an in, as a designer, um, so I've had, um, you know, being I've been able to look at the industry from like all angles, which has really helped my work here. So I hope that answers your question. No, no, it does. It does. And it, and it flatters me that you get to talk to me today, you know, saying in this quick interview. So, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, so so what does the day in your life look like being the vice president for standard development? What do you do on a daily basis? I start work around 8.30 and I like to spend about an hour or so just looking at my inbox and planning my day. After that, it's usually a marathon of meetings with like my amazing co-workers and team members where we're looking at, you know, programs that we're looking at releasing or maintaining right now. Um, I also spend time working with like experts in the lighting industry and uh, figuring out what we need to do to kind of keep the light concept moving Very cool. um, and also looking at where I can um, support projects. So, but I try to take breaks. That's my goal for this year <laughs> <laughs> and wrap up at a reasonable time. Uh, the pandemic has taught us a lot. Um, and for me, it has taught me that I need to like uh, embrace the stillness sometimes and spend time with my loved ones. So try to wrap up and do just that. All right. So piloting back out to just kind of a general question, because we'll bring the pandemic back in. Um, what is the International Well-Building Institute? Big question. So let's start a decade ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, our company story starts about a decade ago um, at the small Italian cafe in uh, Manhattan, uh, in East Village, where um, two researchers were working on solving a problem. Uh, the problem statement was simple. How can spaces help people live their best lives? How can the light, the air, the water contribute to people's health and well-being? Um, the answers were actually fairly obvious and it was available. Uh, researchers had been working on it for decades and all of their findings were on the internet. Um, then what was the problem? The problem was convincing people to use those findings from thousands of research studies right. uh, when they built buildings and environments and when they made spaces for people. So um, 
I, what what they arrived at was that they needed to codify an environment. Um, they needed. They thought, okay, what about a certification program? And um, that's how Well was born. Um, clearly, the coffee and the pastries in that Italian cafe were really All good. Right. um the found the founders knew that the foundation was strong of well the studies that they had based it on were really rigorous but they needed to make it work across uh different buildings and across the world uh they brought in people who had built the most impactful building certification system at the time lead they brought in rick padrizi rachel hodgden who's currently a ceo and judith webb um they all of them then taught people who were on the ground um, making the buildings, operating the buildings in communities, architects, business owners, facility managers, teachers, researchers. Um, and then the rest is, um, you know, to use an oft-used phrase, is history. Uh, well is now in over 2.7 billion square feet in about 97 countries. Uh, people have the opportunity to live healthier lives every single day because of well. Um, right from kids in kindergarten in California to workers in factories in Germany to patients in a hospital in Dubai to cashiers in a supermarket in China to office goers in Australia. So, so for you guys, being a, a healthy building standard, again, bringing that pandemic in, the, the pandemic was different for you guys. Um, specifically, uh, the pandemic exposed the need for the, the HSR, which is the new kind of standard you guys came out with. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on March the 13th, 2020, which feels like a really long time ago, uh, we had our governance vote scheduled, uh, which was for graduating well B2 from pilot to a full graduated standard. Um, so our governance body would review our work for the past year and vote on whether all the criteria for um, for graduation were met. Um, on March 12th, the day before graduation, Rachel Hodgden, our CEO, who I mentioned, uh, who she had been closely tracking the onset of the pandemic uh, from China, she told us that we need to take a different approach. We realized that buildings are a really powerful agent in the fight against the pandemic. So pretty much overnight, we stood up a task force um, and we had over 600 members and that led to the Well Health Safety Rating. Um, the full name is the Well Health Safety Rating for Facility Operations and Management. It was launched in June 2020. It's a third party verified and validated tool and it really provides an efficient and effective opportunity for um, buildings to validate, recognize and scale the efforts of owners and operators. Um, it's very flexible. Um, that's very that's that's important. So we've seen it used from like skyscrapers, like the Empire State Building, right. um, sports arenas, like the Yankee Stadium, historic entertainment venues, hotels, schools, shops, um, and it's used and it's helping a lot of organizations take the necessary steps uh, to prioritize the health and safety of the people within their space. So um, in just a year's time, it's been adopted in about 88 countries in over 2 billion square feet of real estate. So we've found like tremendous success, I would say, but truly adoption of the rating. It's really proven to be useful across the gamut of uh, projects that we serve. No, that was some great insight for you guys to put that together. Again, buildings is a space people were coming and to help buildings, you know what I'm saying, getting people back, you know what I'm saying, and making sure they've got that rating was, was, was phenomenal. So um, a lot of the industry, is very familiar with LEED. Um, however, uh, well, the well standard is different from LEED, but how is it different from LEED? 
Um, so Wells focus is on enhancing people's health and well-being um, in buildings and organizations. So really looking at all the places and spaces, and this is not just physical spaces, it's like anywhere that people spend time, where they live, work, learn, heal, and play. Um, well looks at providing a set of criteria and framework that's um, composed of concepts um, that can be adopted and adapted uh, to create people first places. Our concepts range, we have 10. It ranges from air, water, light, nourishment, movement, material, sound, mind, community, um, and thermal comfort, which I forgot. Um, and it really takes a holistic approach at looking at people's health and well-being, um, really optimizing building performance, really optimizing operations and facility management to enhance the health and well-being of people inside. LEED um, and other building, other green rating systems are focused on environmental sustainability and energy efficiency of buildings. So IWBI and Wells work builds on that uh, to focus on people first spaces and long-term occupant health. No, I like it. I like it. So my understanding has been solidified. LEED is definitely engineering and design where Well is a little bit more occupant focused with those features, just from a general uh, yes. um, standpoint. So my next question is is also loaded. Okay. Um, and I'll trust you to do your, your best with the differences uh, on this one. But what's what's the difference between Well version one and Well version two? Give us give us just a, a couple minutes on that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Only a couple of minutes. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, so Well V1 was launched in 2014. So that's our like first rating system. Well V2 pilot was launched in 2018 and Well V2 was launched last year in 2020, which is like the most up-to-date version. Right. Um, and it builds, Well V2 builds upon all the learnings from the market for Well V1 and Well V2 pilot. Um, now, where V1 and where V2 pilot are being phased out, projects can no longer register for them. Um, the major difference is flexibility between if you're talking well V1 and well V2. Well V1 has seven concepts, well V2 has 10, and we'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, well V1 provided a set of features. It was a list of features, and based on the number of features that projects met, they would achieve a score or they would achieve a, um, a certification level, silver, gold, bronze. Um, well, V2, think of it like a library of features. So uh, projects can um, identify strategies based on their priorities and their limitations. So they can take a look at what they need, what their occupants need, and choose strategies based on that. So they get to create a roadmap of sorts uh, based on what, on what they have and where they're located and what you know, the government incentives are. And um, it allows for a really tailored experience, and it also allows for uh, projects to focus on the occupant. So an office may have different needs than a school, and well be to recognize that. And there is a very deep focus on mental health and community engagement in well be too. So we have strategies for mental health support, stress support, um, matern maternity leave, uh, bereavement leave, emergency preparedness features, et cetera. So um, all the feedback and all the all the guidance we received from the market for Well V1 really helped us uh, create Well V2, um, and um, it's just very very customizable and it continues to evolve as we learn new things and as we hear from the market and um, from the public health professionals about what is needed. 
Yeah, no, and I appreciate those differences there, but it seems like you still have an exclusive focus and an flexible focus now on the kind of occupant with V2. Um, so let's draw those differences a little more um, and, 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 and maybe key in on community a little bit. I think, you, okay. I think you mentioned a little bit, but tell us a little bit about community. Sure. Um, so community is um, a, one of the concepts in well V2. So it's actually the 10th concept if you go um, by order. Um, it takes into account elements that are needed to um, support a person and the community around the person. So it recognizes that the health of a person is intrinsically related to the health of the people around them and the support that they receive. So um, this means that we have requirements for family leave, bereavement leave, um, um, diversity and inclusion, very in-depth requirements, um, community and civic engagement, the new mother support, and even bathroom accommodations. So um, really looking at um, bathroom accommodations for uh, folks who, you know, uh, for single user bathrooms, for folks who um, are the, the non-gender bathrooms. So really looking at making sure it's as inclusive as possible. So um, we know um, that collective and individual health outcomes are shaped by access to opportunities and ability to participate and thrive. So we kind of want to make sure that it's as inclusive as possible. And community go goes a long way in that inclusivity bucket. We want to make sure that, you know, if if um, if a family has a baby, whether it's a mother or a father or um, or if they've adopted a baby, there is that they, they can um, they can take a break, spend time and then come back to work. It really allows for um, looking at social networks and cultural norms and economic structures. Uh, among other elements. No, that's great. And that's unique, again, for like a healthy building rating, right? You guys are really trying to take into those uh, those occupants. So so here's what I know you're going to be interested in. I know you're the lead for the light concept. So tell us how you became the lead and tell us what's so <laughs> significant about light. Um, well, you're asking for a lot of history lessons today. Um, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I actually applied for it sitting in... Um, sitting in a couch in Bangalore in India because I was very frustrated that uh, the health of the people weren't being taken into account when um, the buildings were being designed. But uh, my background is in lighting. I've only ever worked in the lighting industry. I built my career in the lighting industry. There we go. Um, and um, uh, coming here has really opened my eyes into uh, what we already know and the tools that we have to make change. So over the last few years, like over more than a decade, uh, we have seen tremendous growth in the light in the field of lighting, and um, this is specifically due to uh, tremendous leaps in research as well as technology. So we have a fundamental understanding right now of how light impacts our health, whether it's an impact on circadian lighting or circadian um, entrainment. Um, you know, our light exposure uh, can can impact how we digest our food. How we, uh, how well we sleep, how how much we, um, you know, how stressed we are, our mood, and how productive we are, um, and our lighting environment can also impact, uh, you know, things like physical things like headaches. Um, it can, uh, for those that are sensitive, can trigger seizures. Um, so light really looks at creating a comfortable environment and really reducing um, as little uh, stresses as possible, uh, while at the same time uh, providing maximum exposure to daylight, which is very, very important because, you know, just we are, we are humans. We have 
fundamentally uh, evolved to follow the sun. We are drawn to the sun. So uh, we having access to daylight shouldn't be a perk. And that's what Light Concept tries to uh, do, democratize access to daylight, which is um, my goal. <laughs> you literally just made lighting cool. Like everyone is going to love it. <laughs> it was <answer>. always cool. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, so now I know there's there's other leads, right, for other concepts, um, mm -hmm. and complementary concepts, which which has led kind of to this 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 project you guys have or that I've heard you talk about called Project Epic, which has mm -hmm. a worldwide focus. Could you talk a little bit about Project Epic? Yeah, sure. Um, so we know that there's a lot more work to do. Uh, we honestly think that all organizations and all buildings should enhance lives, and all people need and deserve. Uh, opportunities to thrive. So our problem statement that I mentioned earlier still remains the same. How can all spaces help people live their best lives? So Project Epic, which is an internal name for our work, aims to do just that. Where we know we can't impact the world as a whole. So each concept lead works with industry associations, with nonprofits, with experts, with researchers to drive systemic change so that the very structure on which we operate can change. Now, some of this work, you know, Project Epic is a very glamorous name. Some of this work is not very glamorous. It's as simple as providing manufacturing guidelines so that it's easier for practitioners to make informed decisions when they put in lights in spaces. But it, right. smoothens, the, the, it smoothens and streamlines the pathway. Uh, we really look, try to look through Project Epic at the world beyond well and look at where we can impact um, uh, impact the industry, make things more accessible. But how can we talk about um, access to water? How can we talk about uh, trust in drinking water? So my um, my colleague, who's the water concept lead, Dr. Rodolfo Perez, he his goal is to make sure that people have access to drinking water through their trap through their and when they do, that they trust that enough. So there are systems in place to drink from it. So it's like a long kind of. Um, it's a long process, but we are trying to kind of keep the needle moving. I love the worldwide focus. I, I, I really do. So I just wanted to say, I mean, we know we can't do it alone. So uh, the invitation to Project Epic is open to you and to whoever is listening in, uh, whether you are a designer or a teacher or a PCP manager or a developer or an organizational leader. Um, you know, we have what we need. We have the research. We have the technology. We have the evidence. We have the enthusiasm. Um, but it's never been more important for us to work together. So, you know, with the pandemic and um, um, all the uh, everything that's uh, going on around the world, there's just too much to lose. So um, it's just trying to kind of make make a positive impact in the world. No, I like it. I like it. So we've we focused a ton on on the occupant. Let's move a little bit to the folks that actually you know own the buildings or uh, manage the buildings yeah. and choose to take on a well certification. Okay. My guess is most most folks probably easily gravitate to any building standard, right? It's cold. There's numbers. There's things they could do. Mm -hmm. But when you've got to approach HR and have a conversation around the people component, things do things get a little hairy. I think it could go both ways. Um, if things, you know, it's, it's, it's best if everyone's sitting around a table and talking to each other, then you get, you solve all, you kind of like recognize the problems at the table and sort of like right. recognizing it months later. But, um, you know, I'm going to come back to putting occupants in the center and putting occupants first. Um, 
we look at um, air quality and water quality, but at the same time, we look at like um, HR policies and operation protocols um, by threading through um, the evidence that we have, the research that we have. Um, it 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 kind of touches upon these uh, these particular um, elements. Now, um, the research speaks for itself. In today's world, employees are demanding that their employers take their mental health and well-being into consideration. The great resignation, as they're calling it, after the pandemic is an indication of that. Uh, we are at a point in history, which I think is very interesting, uh, where there is a power shift between the employee and the employer. Um, and to undergo well certification, you can take like bite-sized pieces. So you need to continue to put occupants in the center. So for so to your question about whether you need to kind of talk to HR folks, the well health safety rating is basically operation based. So you can it can serve as a stepping stone to a complete well certification. But what's important is that we continue to put the people at the center of decisions that are making. Right, that, right, that are right. being made. Awesome. I, I love this. So for Millicare, for us, just to bring you in a little bit, starting in May and kind of through now, we've seen significant uptick for project work as buildings start to open back up. I've also been on conference calls about hybrid work models. Could a hybrid work model, knowing a lot of folks are not in the building, make a healthy building certification like well? Like, could it make it less desirable with less people in the building? So the well the well building stand has a lot of tangible and intangible elements. So there are a combination of policy and design features. So that means that you're looking at daylight and air quality, which is intangible, um, sound quality, as well as all the biophilia and the fruits and vegetables. But it's also looking at some really important um, uh, structural features, I would say, that are fundamental to the culture of an organization of a, of a building. So I want to draw attention to our diversity and inclusion feature, which kind, of, which, which, to from my perspective, is one of the uh, most rigorous diversity inclusion criteria that I have seen. It focuses on transparency and driving diversity and inclusion um, initiatives within the organization, right from recruitment um, to to the promotions, etc. The impact of that one feature can be felt no matter where people are located. Wow. The same for um, family leave or bereavement leave. If you lose someone that you love or you need to take time off to take care of someone that you love, whether you're working in a building or whether you're working remotely, that impacts you. So it the the impact of a well certification can be felt and should be felt within the building, absolutely, but also within the organization. That's awesome. That's awesome. So from getting to know you, and I think you even mentioned this terminology before, um, I know well kind of oozes with this health equity, right? We talked about diversity and inclusion. We've talked about the occupant, but I'm not sure that our listeners know what this health equity is. Could you maybe bring that out for us? Sure. Um, so when we talk about health equity, we um, refer to Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's definition. So there are several definitions out there. But fundamentally, it means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. This means that everyone, no matter their race, ethnicity, their location, gender, background, sexual orientation, has the right and the opportunity to be healthy. Now, decades Decades and decades of research tells us that our surroundings, where we live, who we sit next to, where we spend our time, has more impact on our health than our genetics. 
So working toward a world where everyone has the right to be as healthy as important, uh, as healthy as possible is important. Now, for well, our, our focus is to make sure that everyone within a building is impacted by our feature language. So very often our feature language is applicable based on the number of hours somebody spends in a building versus right. their title or what access they have. So that means hypothetically, a janitor should have the same daylight exposure, should breathe good air, should have water quality access as the CEO on the top floor or the C-suite member. So we kind of try to make sure that we actually go through several steps to make sure that all features are as equitable as possible. We're currently working on this initiative called the Well um, Health Equity Advisory, where we're taking a structured approach at addressing the um, addressing where the uh, where disadvantaged populations across the world, right from Canada, U.S., Australia, um, are facing the most. Um, uh, the, the most hardships, I would say, but that's the wrong word. I'm using the wrong word here. But really, um, really like health insurance, um, the diversity inclusion feature that I mentioned, being able to take time to take care of your kids, you know, um, access, um, uh, universal design, like is there access for people who are on wheelchairs? So we're really taking a, a laser focus and taking a surgical approach at how we can address those disparities. So that's that's our kind of our most um, has been our focus for this year. Um, and we are uh, hoping to come out with um, health equity rating um, that's really focused on addressing that. And that will be, again, accessible and we hope will make a difference. No, that's great. It's funny because as I ask you more and more questions, you can see you guys still focus on that occupant. I love what you said about the janitor to the CEO when it comes to health equity. So. So you guys have this uh, this certification and people can go and study and become certified. Do most buildings look for a well-certified person or professional to lead them through kind of their, their well-certification project? So uh, we have a credential called WellAP. Uh, WellAPs are people who have dedicated time and have studied and taken an exam to get the credential and they work on well projects to keep the credential. Uh, they're familiar with all the criteria and all the requirements for meeting certification. They know what needs to be submitted, documentation, et cetera. So it makes certification a whole lot easier. Uh, a lot of organizations hire WellAPs. A lot of projects hire WellAPs. Some projects have uh, WellAPs that get trained within their project and take the exam during um, the certification process. But it's not necessary. I mean, there are projects who manage to do it. It's going to be a long and arduous road and it'll probably lead to a couple of LAPs in your project team. You're right. But um, but it it really gives you a snapshot of the entire criteria of all the all the features within Well. And it really helps uh, like with an innate understanding of the research behind Well, which is uh, which is uh, fundamental sometimes to applying the strategies. No, that's great. That's great. I, I'm looking to get my well certification. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I've, and I've seen different designations, well AP and well faculty, right? What's yeah. what's so well AP? You can a lot of those maybe on projects, but well faculty, what's what's the difference there? So well faculty, as the name suggests, are faculty. Uh, they have deep expertise um, in concepts or a particular topic. And um, they may or and or they may have um, a lot of experience in projects. So you often find them teaching either universities or conducting workshops for professionals. 
uh, they're the ones who usher in the next generation of well APs. So they're the ones who are really spending their time teaching and um, training the next generation. There we go. There we go. All right. You've done so well in answering so many questions for us today. I got one more question for you. Okay. There are multiple reopening initiatives. Um, what should we focus on for the building occupant? Um, you said it yourself. We should focus on the building occupant. So I think that's our first thing. We need to focus on the building occupant. So no matter what you do, figure out how you can impact, positively impact the people within the space that you serve. Um, and if you aren't sure what you can do, ask. Um, you know, there's a lot of research and we know that community engagement and asking folks usually gives us a good idea of what's needed. Um, we all have an opportunity within our circles of control to make people's lives better, uh, whether professionally, absolutely. Um, it's just about finding that unique uh, key, you know, so um, just focus on the occupant and it doesn't matter what the focus is. I love it. I love it. Gayathri, thank you so much for exploring the great indoors with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate and subscribe. This podcast is an audio only version of the Indoor Voices interview series presented by Millicare Floor and Textile Care. You can watch the video of this interview and find other episodes at millicare.com slash indoor voices.